Thanks for checking out the Tennessee Holler Podcast, the flagship podcast of the Tennessee Holler Podcast Network. Subscribe to and support the Holler at www.tnholler.com to help us fearlessly yell the truth about Tennessee. And be sure to subscribe to the growing family of Holler Podcasts while you're there. You can also follow the Holler on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the TN Holler. Tennessee. 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 Lord, I've really been real stressed. Welcome back to another Tennessee Holler live show. Here we're at TNHoller.com is where you can find us at the TN Holler on Twitter and Facebook. Follow the holler, follow all the hollers. We have all these hollers all across the state. Memphis, Murfreesboro, Chattanooga, Knoxville. That's all because of the support you guys have all given us. We really appreciate it. So chip in a few bucks a month if you can. It all really helps. And subscribe. Today we're going to talk to Kendra Cotton from the New Georgia Project because they're doing something right down in Georgia and we need to find out what that is. Kendra, how are you today? I am doing well, Justin. I did not re- realize you guys had so many hollers across the state. We're hollering all over the place. Yeah, we launched eight more this year, and I hope to have a handful more at the beginning of next year. The regional hollers are really, to me, the most important thing that we do because they're what makes sure the right messages meet, reach the right people. So I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm yeah. an awesome gal by, by birth have spent a lot of time in Tennessee, but you're absolutely right. It's super important. Same thing here in Georgia that, you know, people recognize that, you know, Nashville, Knoxville, Memphis are not, do not comprise the entire state of Tennessee. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right. So glad you understand that. Yeah. Uh, so tell us, first of all, what is the New Georgia Project? Yeah, the New Georgia Project is a um, 501c3 nonprofit organization um, that essentially, one, registers people to vote, but then also educates them about the electoral process. So once voter registration is over, people, which just happened for this runoff December the 7th, so on Monday, um, it's like, okay, well, what are y'all going to do now? Well, what we do now is we pivot, and we pivot into making sure people understand what are the early voting dates? How do you get an absentee ballot? Where do you take said absentee ballot? Um, once you request it, it gets in your hands, you fill it out, and then you want to submit it. Where are the drop boxes located? All of those types of things. So, um, and then we also, you know, want to make that connection, which I think is so important um, to regular folks out there. Why should I vote? Right? It's easy for folks who are in politics or who operate in um, this space to say, oh, you know. The balance of the Senate is, you know, is um, at stake. But that doesn't mean anything to folks who can't feed their families. That doesn't mean anything to somebody, you know, who is recently unemployed. Right. So it's like, how do we connect the dots so that people understand that this seemingly, you know, kind of innocuous task of walking into um, an election polling precinct and pressing a few buttons or filling out that absentee ballot actually trickles down to real life meaningful meaningful results for regular people so georgia just shocked the world (laughs) turned blue you know it's a pretty amazing thing and you know i keep hearing we hear stacy abrams talked about all the time but i'm also hearing the new georgia project Mm -hmm. giving a lot of credit for it uh when you guys started out how confident were you that you could have an impact 
So uh, very, we were, the organization was, and I want to um, be certain that I make the connection. This organization was founded in 2014 by Stacey Abrams. So okay. it's part of the, you know, kind of Abrams family of um, entities. Inse Ufat was her first hire. Um, so that's my boss. She's the CEO of New Georgia Project. And um, back then there was a, a very, um, you know, small number of folks who um, bought into the vision of what Georgia could be, what the new South could look like. Um, everyone sees the demographic data of, if you will, the browning of America, but quite frankly, Southern states have been relatively brown um, since their inception. And so particularly compared to the rest of the country. And so, but what has happened is, you know, people were not exercising their right to vote, right? But then there's also a flip side and it's one of our campaigns um, that we talk about with regard to education, um, we also have some of the most stringent um, laws against felon re-enfranchisement um, once people have served their sentences um, across the South. So, but here in Georgia, once you've completed all of that, you know, we make sure people understand, hey, you can reapply um, to vote again. So like, when we started out, no, I mean, there were naysayers even among, you know, the progressive ecosystem. But, you know, New Georgia Project put its head down and pushed forward with a commitment to expand the voter rolls, to get more and more of those low propensity voters to buy into systemic change. And so that's what happened. So it doesn't sound like you were all that surprised by the result. Um, no. So this result, like, uh, okay, so me personally, because I don't want to sit here and lie just in case NSA watches this, I was scared out of my mind <laughs> on election night, only because um, the election day vote totals were not what we thought they were going to be. Um, normally, you know, you hear about the long lines here in Georgia, and I was super concerned just as an individual about the fact that that wasn't occurring, particularly in a lot of the strongholds that we have in the metro Atlanta area. But what we didn't realize, but what was a you know part of our strategy is that we essentially banked enough votes. And so and what that means is that's not stealing votes, right? Like people are like, oh, stop the steal. No, we weren't stealing. That is making sure that we educated our electorate and that in the midst of a global pandemic, which has never happened in modern history, put the Spanish flu aside, um, but that's never happened in modern history, that we had a presidential election occur. Our messaging worked where we were saying, hey, please vote via absentee ballot and vote early. And a lot of people took us at that messaging and they did it. Okay. And, and so what advice do you have for states like Tennessee where this metamorphosis has not happened? Yet? Yeah. It's, it's harnessing power it, there. I'm sure. And I don't know what the nonprofit um, C3 or C4 in, infrastructure looks like there in Tennessee, but I tell you this, I know that you guys more than likely have the numbers to um, create change in your state. Um, one of the anecdotes I want to use um, before I kind of go into a projection of, of how to replicate the work that's been done in Georgia is I look at um, in Harris County in Texas, I believe it is, um, Lena Hidalgo um, was elected um, county judge, which is the highest ranking official um, in their local politics there. And that young woman in one year, prior to her unseating an incumbent, only $3 million annually was expended on administering elections. In her first year, this young woman expanded that to $31 million. So when you hear about like change, 
that that meant something. She had, you know, 24 hour voting. She had polling places in hospitals. So when, you know, orderlies or um, when maintenance workers or when even doctors, nurses were getting off work in that third shift or whatever, they were able to vote before they got to their car. Right. So it's it's thinking creatively about mm -hmm. how to get more people to the polls. We have to recognize it, especially in this pandemic, that these these um, rigid, the rigid adherence to got to timelines. So, oh, you can only vote between 7 a.m. and you know 7 p.m. doesn't work for everybody. It simply doesn't. There are people that just cannot make those hours. And so what I would want my first suggestion in Tennessee is to really begin, you know, to advocate on behalf of non-traditional workers, right? So that they can have access, you know, keeping those polling places open longer. I don't know about, you know, whether or not you guys have Saturday voting. No. Um, well, Saturday <laughs> voting, um, we might have Saturday voting, but, you know, we definitely have a pretty strict situation here. You know, I, I call Secretary Trey Argett the Secretary of Voter Suppression. You guys <laughs> deal with that too, though. I mean, you know, yes. this might have happened sooner if not for that. Yes. And now yeah. they're taking what has happened here, all the accusations of fraud that don't actually exist. Scott, mm -hmm. I see your comment. Uh, but, you know, this was his comment, by the way, just so you see it. But the accusations, they're turning into now – a call for tighter voter suppression laws. Mm -hmm. They're basically taking all of this and saying, see, we need tighter laws. So I guess what I'm asking is, you know, we can want the things that you're, you're talking about. We can advocate for those things, but mm -hmm. you know, we're dealing with people in power here in our state and in many ways in yours that obviously want the opposite. So, you know, what are, what are ways to, you know, overcome that? You've got to, you've got to, you've got to build a pipeline. Right. So before I came over to the um, New Georgia Project, I was a part of an organization called Rep Represent Georgia, where we literally were training regular folks to run for office. It starts at the local level, period. And so when you talk about, you know, folks in your state legislature, they got to come from somewhere. And that's one thing that, you know, people don't understand. We aren't looking for, you know, some, you know, perfect um, individual to spring from the ground and everyone, you know, jump around them in, in some type of sycophancy and you say, oh, this is the heir apparent. I think people are sick of that. They want regular folks that they know that they went to elementary school with, that they went to high school with or whatever to stand up and begin, you know, to participate in the electoral process. And so that starts in mayorals and mayoral offices that starts in county commissions, you know, all of these things where people can begin to build a name for themselves and move up. Like, I think the day of the gatekeepers of old, right, where that power structure that, you know, you and I came up under um, existed is really waning. People are tired of that. They want something new. They don't want, you know, these lifelong politicians. And I can, and I tell people, I think that's on both sides. I don't think anyone wants sure. that more. We want folks who understand the issues and that are really committed to change. And so, yeah, it seems like this just happened all of a sudden in Georgia, but it didn't. Like I said, 2014 is when New Georgia Project started. Here we are six years later. And now we're beginning to see, you know, some of the um, fruit from the seeds that were planted back then. And so but it's consistent. And, and I want to be clear, we did this with very, very little investment 
from outside of the state. Mm -hmm. Like this is cobbling together. Like one of the things I tell folks and, and anyone out there, you know, listening, my executive director, our, our CEO in St. Ufot went nine full months in 2017 with no salary to keep this thing going because she believed that much in the mission. So when people say, oh, you're cheating. Oh, if that was the case, then trust and believe we would have already been shut down. I cannot tell you how many lawsuits that we are constantly having to fend off over the work that we're doing, simply trying to make sure that every Georgian has access to the ballot box. Couple of questions arose for me there as you were saying that, but I, I think that's a really important point that, you know, you do the work and the money follows. You don't wait for the money to come in before you do the work. Uh, and right now I'm sure the money is flowing into the state. I'm not asking about y'all's yeah, finances, but I'm just saying, you know, right now, obviously you're the epicenter and, you know, millions of dollars are, are flooding. Um, but I do know that there is one thing in particular that they keep talking about, which is some deal that was made between Brian Kemp and Stacy, or that Stacy pushed for, there was something to do with signatures. What is this like controversial thing that they keep pointing to as like Governor Kemp, you know, was, was like Stacy pulled one over on him or something? Well, we, what it is, we have an exact signature match here in Georgia and it's not really um, pulling one over, but the deal is, is that, um, so when someone fills out, and I, and I think this is what you're talking about, their absentee ballot request form and then the ballot itself and they sign, you have to sign, right? Well, you're not actually signing the, the ballot, okay? It's the envelope, right? And so they do exact signature matches to make sure that whatever signature is on that envelope matches what is on your driver's license record, right? And that has messed a whole lot of folks up because I don't know about you. But. It's ridiculous. I can, my, my signature is never the same twice. Exactly. Like, and, and, and that's what Trump is now calling for, right? They're right. trying to so, get, right. because Which they're is, saying, yeah, yeah, I mean, it, like signature shouldn't even be a part of it because that's so absurd. And then on top of that, the people who are looking at these signatures, they're not like forgery experts. And, and that is our position. And so yeah. that's the thing. And so when someone, but it, so here's where, where folks are upset, folks who feel like there's been a steal. So you get, three days, once someone alerts you that, hey, your signature has been challenged, that voter is notified and they get three days to prove that it was in fact their signature, right? Mm -hmm. Well, that's what they want to throw out. They want to say, oh, nope. Once it's, you know, someone's brought that challenge, the voter shouldn't be notified. They shouldn't be able to rectify the situation. It should just be thrown out. Absolutely not. Because you're not signing a ballot. You're literally scribbling your name across an envelope or whatever it is, right. and it's separated. And so this idea, oh, you know, where you're hearing in the media this call for, oh, we want to match the signatures. To what? To the right. envelope? Because we don't know what ballot was in there. So ridiculous. <laughs> okay, so, so that brings us to what's going on down there now. Uh, what is the situation down there like right now? What are you guys focused on? And most importantly, how can people in Tennessee help? So what we're focused on now is GoTV. Early voting in Georgia begins on December the 14th. So we are um, full steam ahead in all that preparation. We do a ride to the polls program like you when you talk about rural parts of the state. You know, there, not every you know, city in Georgia has a bus service, not every city. So we offer rides to the polls across the state in some of our more rural areas to make sure that people are able to get 
um, where they need. One of the things that we're confronting um, why this conversation is so important is that um, we're getting notifications across the state of them closing down a lot of the early polling locations. Yeah, I just heard about that. Yes, that were available during the general election. And, you know, that's it's not fair. And we're about to raise a big stink about it because that's what, racism. How, how are you planning on raising? Yeah. So, I mean, well, we're going to be hitting, you know, digital campaigns, social media, really, you know, taking it to the people so that they understand that. Listen, so my my county is Cobb County. It's one of the counties that's going to be affected. They're shutting down um, early voting locations in South Cobb. South Cobb is high minority black and brown folks, but then also poor people. And so I live in West Cobb, right? My West Cobb during the general election, I could not find a time that was under three hour wait, not one. Oh. So I drove the 30 minutes that it took for me to get to East Cobb, I mean, to um, South Cobb to then stand in line for an hour to vote. But now that's not going to be available to me nor those South Cobb residents. And I'm going to be in line probably in West Cobb, maybe four to five hours because those South Cobb people are now going to have to trickle over to me. Right. And so that's the kind of stuff that's like, what are you doing? That's prohibitive. So you no, know, that's what they're doing. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's obvious and intentional and they know yes. that this is their only chance. Yes. So, yeah. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's unfortunate and, you know, we're, we push through in spite of, and I think yeah. that is also um, what they find exasperating um, is that, you know what? Okay. Yes. We're going to cause a stink. I mean, us filing litigation, we can, that is certainly going to be on the table. I don't know that um, we have made that decision yet. I mean, the first thing is to go to the secretary of state or these um, um, local board of elections and ask them to reconsider. Right. Um, because it's not like, you know, they don't have the money. I feel like, you know, if you've had the money to perform three different recounts, you have the money to keep open sure. early polling locations. One would think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, so there's so many, many shenanigans and you guys are fighting through it. It's really inspiring to see what, how, how can people help? What's the best way for Tennessee is to get involved? Right. Obviously sending money, but you know, we're not that far away. So maybe driving down there to volunteer. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, what I would um, want to direct folks to is, so there's, New Georgia Project is a 501c3, and we are a wholly non-profit, um, nonpartisan nonprofit. We have a, there is also New Georgia Project Action Fund, which is our 501c4, um, which does do a lot of work um, that is partisan in nature. And so, what I would suggest to folks is that they visit um, New Georgia Project Action Fund um, to determine ways to volunteer. In fact, I can give you a link. Um, for folks. So if you're sure. interested, yes. Yeah, so if people are interested in um, making phone calls, it could be a one-off or whatever, but it would just be ngpaf.org slash call. So ngpaf.org slash call. If you're interested in coming down to Georgia, right, and to knock doors and you want to get involved in that volunteer process, um, that web, I mean, is there a way I can either send this to you or type yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, so I'll put it in the chat for you. Okay. Yeah. And then or, or email it to me and we'll post it. Okay. Yeah. So I'll just email all of these. So yeah, there's several links um, that I have. You can write postcards. Um, you can do text banks. Um, like I said, knocking doors. So we try to, we set up a distributive volunteer program so mm -hmm. that we could plug and play with folks that want to come from outside of the state or want to do some work on our behalf from within their state. Um, in fact, that's actually um, when you hear about the, um, 
Secretary of State putting us under investigation. Right. That's what the investigation is about. Like somebody in New York got a batch of postcards that we were obviously sending to someone else in New York who wanted to send the postcards to Georgia voters. And then that person said that we were trying to register people in New York, which is like, what are you talking about as postcards? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, it's definitely inspiring what's going on down there. You know, we are definitely in a different situation here where we're, we're trying to figure out, you know, how to overcome. But, you know, seeing states like yours and, you know, I think North Carolina has had some positive steps and Virginia, you know, it just shows us that it can be done. So, you know, really appreciate what you guys are doing. We'll put out the information about how yep. people can help. And, you know, in the meantime, definitely please, you know, get this done down there. It seems like things are going pretty well and, yep. uh, and, and we'll try to help the best we can and, and appreciate you jumping in here. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks, Kendra. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. So that's Kendra with the New Georgia Project. Definitely see if there's any way that you can chip in and help. Obviously, Georgia is a really important situation right now, and it's all hands on deck. I, I know for sure, you know, Republicans are doing their part of definitely seeing a lot of activity on their end. And so, you know, it's really just going to be about who can outwork who. And it's a really important thing to get that gavel out of McConnell's hand. I thought Ossoff said it really well when he said this is about governing in a time of crisis. Like we need to be able to govern. And as long as McConnell has that gavel in his hand, that won't happen. So it's really important. A lot at stake. Hope you'll all chip in. Check us out tonight, Wednesday and tomorrow, Thursday nights. We're going to have the TNDP Chairs Race Forums right here on the holler. So make sure you join us and uh, feel free to chime in and ask questions or email your questions to the tnholler at gmail.com if you have anything you want us to ask. Appreciate you all. Thank you so much, as always. See you tonight.